If you are ready to change the way people experience the transition to parenthood, you've come to the right place. On this podcast, we interview postpartum professionals, academics and researchers, as well as parents with unique perspectives on postpartum. Whether you've been working with new families for decades or are brand new to postpartum care, we'd love you to join us. I'm your host, Julia Jones. Hello and welcome to Newborn Mothers Podcast. Today we have Heather McGill from Boston. And Heather is a doula who uh, had her first baby in Korea 13 years ago and um, has since moved home to the US, had two more babies and studied to become a doula and uh, a particularly postpartum doula in, in Boston. I'm really interested to learn, Heather, about your journey from, yeah, what it was like having a baby in Korea without family around um, and, and how that kind of motivated you to make um, this into, into a career of your own. So, Heather, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yes, thank you, Julia. I'm so excited to be here. As you said, uh, my name is Heather. I live uh, just a little bit outside of Boston. Austin uh, with my husband who is a high school teacher and my three children and I work as a postpartum doula. And so let's go back to the beginning of your story. You and your husband were teaching English in, in Korea and uh, you had a surprise baby. Was it planned? Um, not specifically, no. We, uh, we had only uh, been in Korea about six weeks when mm. we discovered that I was pregnant. So it was not exactly what we were expecting at the time. Yeah, you probably wouldn't choose to go to a foreign country to have a baby. <laughs> Did either of you speak <laughs> Korean? No. No, we had planned on taking lessons while we were there, but um, the pregnancy and everything kind of derailed those plans a bit. Yeah, We learned so enough what, so that we could order in restaurants, but that was about the limit. Yeah, yeah, no, I imagine it was quite hectic. And how long did you live in Korea? We were there for a year. And can you tell me a little bit about what it's like having a baby? Because we talk a lot about Korea and, you know, a, a bunch of different Asian countries having a little bit more being in touch with some of their traditional postpartum um, care. I guess if you didn't have family, I'm, I'm interested in what that kind of experience was like. Yeah, it was definitely very different. Um, the, there's not really a concept of a paternity leave or anything like that because it is still assumed that the mother will you know, either be staying with her parents or have her parents staying with them when she has the baby. So after we had our son, um, my husband got a day off of work and then a couple of half days. And that was really all that he got from his schedule. Yeah, so that's quite a big kind of cultural challenge uh, in and of itself. And so you were, I imagine, all alone. How, how did that feel having a baby and not really having anyone around? Um, yeah, it was definitely much more intense than I'd expected. I got a lot of people saying to me, oh, you know, you're so brave. You're having a baby in a foreign country. And honestly, I wasn't brave as much as completely naive. And my thought process was really, you know, baby sleep 18 hours a day. How hard could it be? Um, <laughs> which obviously is laughable now, but I really didn't 
think that much about it uh, going into it, which it, it, it all worked out in the end, but it was definitely, it hit me like a ton of bricks for sure. I was very fortunate that my mom was actually able to fly out um, from Massachusetts to come and stay with us for a few weeks. But the downside of that was that she had to plan her trip you know, months in advance and buy the plane tickets. And she was convinced that I would be going into labor after my due date like she had done. And she didn't want to spend her visit waiting for the baby to come. So I actually went into labor a little bit early. Uh, so it was three weeks between when he was born and when she arrived. Mm. And were you really all alone for that time? Um, I really was. I mean, my husband was there, but he was at work during the day and he, he was even more uh, or less, even less accustomed to, you know, caring for babies than I was. So he would come home and, and take him out for a walk after work. But other than that, um, it, it was, I had a few friends who stopped by to visit maybe once or twice, but it was just me alone in the apartment with the baby 90% of the time. Yeah. And, and from what I gather, that was kind of what inspired you to start doing this work as a postpartum professional. It was, it was really the contrast between how I felt and, and how I experienced life during those three weeks uh, versus the following three weeks when my mom was there with us. It was really a night and day difference in my experience as a new mom mm, yeah this it's a really interesting I've been hired by a couple of people whose mums have passed away and because they're having a baby and they know their own mum's not going to be there then they're kind of more aware that they're going to need to have someone around um, you know so it's a real privilege to be able to support someone in that kind of situation not that your mum's passed away but that experience of having a baby without your mum there uh, and having a baby with your mum there is obviously a, a, you know it shows you that contrast doesn't you what that what that difference is yeah it really does and I was so lucky during those three weeks that she was there because she was also um, you know far away from all of her other responsibilities so all she did really was uh, take care of me and the baby and we joke that she never really got over her jet lag because um, whenever I got up during the night with the baby she would get up too <laughs> and we would all nap during the day and you know we were all in that kind of newborn baby time slash jet lag which really kind of meshed together. So you came back to back home to Boston and did you have your two more babies then back in the US? Yeah, so we traveled back at the end of our uh, one year teaching contract uh, when our son was only three months old. And uh, it was still the next year or so, it was still quite rough for me being sleep deprived, still not having a ton of support. We lived with my mom in her house for a few months and then we moved to another city uh, when my husband got a job. So I continued to be. Uh, fairly isolated for a while, but that was also the time when I started researching and learning that, that there was such a thing as a postpartum doula and that I could um, 
you know, make a career out of supporting other families the way I had felt supported by my mom. So I was pregnant with my second child uh, in the, it was the end of 2010. Uh, I was pregnant with her and that's when I did my first uh, training with Dona. Mm. Yeah, great. And did you jump straight into doing work as a postpartum doula or because you were having a baby, then you, you, you know, you couldn't really get started straight away? Yeah, I, I, I think similar to my, um, my feelings about having my first baby, once again, I really did not hit home with me how much work it takes to start a business. <laughs> um, yeah. So I really see a lot of parallels there. And uh, it, it was more or less on the back burner uh, for a long time. I kept working on my certification requirements. I finally completed my DONA certification three years later when I was pregnant with my youngest. Um, so I had worked with my three families in three years and I, I averaged working with one or two families a year for quite a long time while I was also raising my own babies and doing some other um, part-time jobs off and on uh, to help with income because at the same time my husband was also getting his master's degree uh, so we had a lot going on yeah yeah and so how were your how was that postpartum experience you know in a yeah in a in amongst that very busy life so even though you were home in your own culture with your family around but I imagine it was still quite stressful um, it was. I think it was easier that I did have a little bit of a better idea of what to expect. And I did have my family around and, and I felt a lot more supported. And especially by the time I had my third baby, I had really learned my lesson and I was lucky he was born in the summer. So my husband was completely off of work. He teaches public school now, so he has summers off. And so he was home for the first uh, month or so after his birth. And I was really focused at that point on um, resting as much as possible and uh, not kind of pushing myself. And my husband was also much more uh, skilled and experienced with helping with the kids and supporting me. And it really was a, a much more positive experience. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So from what I understand, your next step was to do some agency work. And um, yeah, well, we don't have agencies in Australia. So I'm interested in kind of letting our listeners around the world know what that's like. I don't know of many places actually outside the US who have doula agencies. So can you tell us a bit about what that looks like? Yeah, so one of my biggest struggles over the years has been connecting with clients and once my youngest started getting a little bit older into the preschool and kindergarten years and i was having a little more time freed up uh and mental space freed up to focus more on building my career i connected with a few different situations um one was uh, just another doula whose business was expanding and and she was looking into you know maybe work having someone else to refer to and then also um well that didn't really just work out logistically it wasn't a good fit but i also connected with 
a, a woman in my state who has a very large and um, well-established agency that the uh, I just lost the word <laughs> specializes it specializes in on um, supporting families with their babies overnight although she also does some other things as well so she has a lot of work available and is basically as much as you um as you can work as many hours as you want for the agency when they have a client contact them who seems like they would be a good match as far as my availability and location and what i'm looking for then I hear from the agency asking if I would be interested in talking to that client. And then um, if we have a conversation and they decide to hire me, then we go from there. Are you loving this podcast? Check out our books at newbornmothers.com. Nourishing Newborn Mothers is a recipe book designed to nourish your mind, body and soul after childbirth. And my second book, Newborn Mothers, was a bestseller. I know, I can't believe it either. It's about baby brain, village building and how to find happiness in 21st century parenting. You can get the first chapter free of both books at newbornmothers.com slash books. Yeah, yeah. And then, it, but then more recently you've started doing your own kind of private work. What's that transition been like? Because I know you've got a website now, you've been, and, and I think in a way COVID has kind of helped people to realise that we do need more help postpartum, maybe their families can't come and help. Um, so, yeah, how, how's that working out for you? Yeah, and it has been kind of a mixed bag. I did have one of my very first um contracts with a private client that I was very excited about working with right before COVID hit. And um, they did end up canceling that, um, which was right at the very beginning of the pandemic when everyone was just kind of panicking a little bit and mm. not quite sure how it was not all going sure to work out. Not sure what to cancel and what not to cancel. And, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. But at the same time, I've also received uh, numerous calls, especially from couples that have come to the Boston area from other countries um, for work. There's a lot of uh, job opportunities here with different uh, large companies and hospitals and things like that. And many of them had plans to have family come from overseas when they had their babies. And of course, those were all canceled as well. So they're scrambling, uh, looking for someone to be able to come and help them. They don't have that network since they've only been here for a short time uh, so I have gotten calls from that too so it is depending on the circumstance I think definitely a mixed bag yeah and that must be really reassuring for those clients knowing that you have that lived experience of what it's like to have a baby all alone in another country um, yeah that you can then come and support them through a similar experience yeah do you think that will be what you continue to do i think you've mentioned you already do quite a lot of um, you obviously do the overnights through the agency and you now you have some clients who you look after in their homes um and you want to add to that some educational work as well uh i do i've taken some trainings with uh, sleep uh, gentle sleep education and also uh, breastfeeding and lactation education. So I 
am uh, planning in the new year to start offering some classes for families as well. Um, I have also been at English as a second language teacher, so education is kind of my other, uh, the other thing I love to do besides postpartum work. So it's nice to be able to combine uh, those things and it gives me a lot more freedom and flexibility and ability to work with families that may not uh, be in a place where they're able to hire postpartum doula services. Um, and I'm very interested just in how everything fits together. I see a lot of uh, information out there where maybe uh, someone is really passionate about promoting breastfeeding without necessarily taking into account um, maybe the mother's mental health or, or physical health and someone else may be really focused on the sleep aspect without considering how that, that might, might affect the breastfeeding relationship, relationship and other, other things, things too, um, relationship between the partners or, or different aspects like that. So I'm really interested in kind in exploring how all of those things fit together and how we're able to support the whole family with um, what's really important to them and not feel like we have to sacrifice uh, one aspect of the relationship in order to focus on something else. Yeah, I love that. It's, we do, everything's really siloed in our culture, isn't it? Like, you know, like the advice you get from different people conflicts each other and it's difficult for families to kind of take into consideration the whole picture. Um, so I think that's really cool. And you could do some cool work where you do the educational stuff in kind of like a group or class kind of setting, but then also do the work one-on-one. -on -one. And that way you've both got really kind of strong foundations to, to be able to go deep. Yeah, and there's there's um, this idea where more complex issues. Mm -hmm. This this kind of assumption where um, something that's beneficial for the like for the mom is is perhaps selfish or detrimental to the baby, or the mom has to sacrifice herself for the benefit of the baby. Um, and I really believe that what is beneficial for the mom and the parents is also beneficial for the baby and for the family unit as a whole. So just helping uh, families to navigate that and not to, uh, for example, feel guilty if they make a choice to stop breastfeeding or um, do some kind of you know non-traditional sleeping arrangement or whatever it is that that what is positive for the mom and her health and her mental health and well-being is really going to benefit the whole family. Yeah, I think that's such an important perspective. I really love that. Um, and I imagine that you can really get into that so well if you do you add the education piece, but you're also working one-on-one -on -one so you can really understand that individual family and what's happening for them because it isn't, it isn't a straightforward equation, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's complicated. So tell me a little bit about, um, I guess, where you're getting your clients from and what it's like starting a business. Was that really scary to take that leap? Has it been more difficult than you expected? Um, yeah. What, what, and what would you say to other people who are thinking about doing that too? For me, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that it has been scary since I wasn't uh, – 
leaving a full-time job or, or giving up a certain level of income in order to start my own business since I was already um, a, a mom at home and, and just working part-time. Um, it, it was definitely frustrating. I would have loved to start working with families consistently well before I actually did. And there was quite a few uh, logistical and other challenges along the way, but it has led me to a lot of personal growth as well. Um, and I think that's one of the ingredients that I didn't realize going into starting my own business was that it just like becoming a mother again, it, it uncovers a lot of those areas um, in my own life where I needed to grow and mature and become more myself as a person. And since I have done that, um, I started seeing a, a therapist and doing a lot of reading along those lines. And that really around that time is part of, I think, what made, uh, helped my business to continue to grow. Um, so that's one of those kind of behind the scenes type of work that didn't seem like it was necessarily related to growing my business, uh, but I think it opened the doors for that to happen. Yeah, I love that. That's so important. It's something we talk about a lot in the collective, isn't it? This feeling that, you know, becoming a mother is a major life transition and starting a business is a similar experience of, of personal development, you know, growth and, and uncovering Oh, layers of stories that we have about ourselves and, and the way we interact with the world. So I think it's really good to point that out. I'll also add that I love that it got you seeing a therapist too, because there's also research that shows that people who run their own businesses have um, more mental health challenges than people who are in regular employment, you know, and it is people who start their own businesses will also tell you they really love it and, and it's worth it a bit like becoming a mom, um, but it definitely does, it just uncovers all that stuff, doesn't it, that you can ignore <laughs> at other times in your life. Yeah, exactly. Turns out that I have social anxiety. And so once I got that kind of uncovered and treated and worked through a lot of that, um, man, that definitely made a huge difference in just the support that I was able to provide and the way I was able to connect with clients. Um, and also, as far as networking, I've been over the years able to connect more and more with other local um, doulas and lactation consultants and, and people in this area, pelvic floor therapists. And lately, I've been getting a lot of referrals from another uh, local postpartum doula, actually, who's a schedule is not able to handle everyone who contacts her. And I've connected with a lot of clients that she has sent over. Um, and that has really been very helpful as well for my business at this point. Yeah. So that's fascinating to me. When you talk about having social anxiety, I bet there's some people listening to this thinking that if they had social anxiety, they could never work in such a social kind of a job because you do need to spend time with, with people, obviously, to be a postpartum doula. You need to network, but you also need to be with families. Um, so but you're saying that knowing that meant that you could then sort of overcome some of those challenges and have some strategies to move forward. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Uh, yeah, so I think just becoming aware of it and um, even some kind of traumas 
Uh, I still hesitate to use that word because it didn't really seem like trauma to me, um, but turns out that it was. And um, so I, I have um, been on a medication for anxiety, and I've also done a lot of um, you know, work and, and yoga and reading and all of these things. And I, I do feel like in general, I'm much more comfortable connecting with individuals and small groups. So in that case, having that time and, and getting to know uh, families over time um, in their home, uh, it is a good fit for me, but I, I've definitely been more uh, just more comfortable and, and better able to connect uh, with them now that I'm also uh, more comfortable and better connected with myself. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And there's so many different ways to do this work. So, you know, it, it, there's something really for everyone because I know as well during the pandemic, I think you tried to get a little bit of online work happening. And I'm not really sure that turned out to be your thing. Um, is that true? Um. Yeah, it's something that I was very, very interested in, but it was not something that it was still in a time when I was struggling to get private clients. And I think adding that extra layer of online uh, on top of that just didn't work for me at the time. Um, but I am still exploring options and I, I have some ideas uh, cooking in my mind that combine the 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 one-on-one -on -one personal postpartum doula services uh, in a virtual option, but I'm not quite clear exactly yet on how it's going to look, but I'm really excited about some of the ideas that I'm considering right now. Yeah, that's great. And then I imagine once you kind of overcome some of those internal challenges, you've got your own sort of strategies and thoughtfulness and that sort of thing, I guess, guys, like you can kind of you want to do. Can you tell us a little bit about where people can find you um, and learn more about you and, and reach out to you? Yeah, sure. Thank you. So my business name is Infant Concierge and my website is infantconcierge.com. And I am also on Facebook and Instagram at Infant Concierge. Excellent. And um, we'll put all those links in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here, Heather. That was a really fascinating story. And um, I always appreciate, yeah, when people take the time to share those kind of personal stories. So thank you very much. Here at Newborn Mothers, we believe that every family has the right to high quality postpartum care. If you want to join us, learn more at newbornmothers.com. And if you like this podcast, we'd really love you to leave us a five-star review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.